Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Kara. Kara is a delightful human being. Um, she's one of the nicest people I've interviewed on this podcast, um, including when she surprises me by saying that she was helping people through 5-2 and Demon Souls. I just think that's like the nicest thing that you could do to somebody. So um, I'm pretty sure you're going to like Kara. You're going to like this episode. Uh, remember, iTunes reviews really helps. So if you can hook me up with a couple of those, that would be really, really great. And if not, that's okay, too. Just enjoy the episode. This is my preferred time to do just about anything like get up early knock it out on a saturday and then have all of saturday ready for me mm-hmm. which i used to spend playing dark souls all day but i haven't had, <laughs> i haven't had time to do that do you, do you play know, a lot right? of video games on saturday um well it depends on what i've got going on usually i can get a, a couple hours in here or there saturdays sometimes uh weekday evenings stuff like that but like you usually with the weekend i've got uh, weird things just pop up all the time like i've got something I got to go do at like noon and then I've got something at four and then I've got to go with my mom in the evening and it's like, Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) So usually on Saturdays I'm, I get up, I'm doing like chores and, and, you know, just getting the house prepared and ready and all that stuff. And then it's like, okay. Then I get a couple hours and it's like, yeah, I get to play. (laughs) What are you playing right now? Do you have any particular game that you're going through? Um, I'm playing dark souls three. Oh, nice. Well, that's I topical. haven't stopped. It's been a year. <laughs> it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like one of those people who just wants to play Dark Souls and doesn't really play anything else anymore. Because I mean, I, I'll, I have an occasional game here or there, but I don't have a lot of disposable income. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I want to play. And the nice thing about Dark Souls is, you know, even though it's a year later and I've put like 700 hours into it, I'm still enjoying it. Wow, 700 hours. Is that just um, running the game multiple times with multiple builds? Or is that PvP? Or what, what are you doing? Uh, well, PvP, um, yeah, I run the game multiple times. I've got one character that, you know, I've been slowly moving up through all the, the various levels of difficulty. And I'm just about to start New Game Plus 7. And then I get, I got, I got, I mean, when you want to talk about the history of Dark Souls 3, <laughs> it's like, I got sidetracked for 150 hours of PvP before I even beat the game. So it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I totally understand. I've, I've done that in almost every single new Souls game that came out. Like you find the PvP covenant or the PvP spot and you just camp out there. And you're like, I'll just finish it later. Like I'll get there. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I know. It's like, well, well I've got plenty of time. Just going to enjoy myself. Was that the um, the Wolf Covenant or the, um, or the Swamp Defenders or whatever? Oh, for the first 150 hours, I mostly did aldrich faithful <laughs> oh okay yeah that's that's where i got stuck like, too yeah that was the only one it was that worked like, for me <laughs> it was such a i know because i mean i liked the idea of the blues i really did but it, i never got pulled as auto summon i did do a, a little bit of the watchdog but it wasn't as much because i think by the time that i was like getting around to really getting addicted to the pvp it was like i was already like level 40 or something like that so i we just moved on to Aldrich and had a good time there for, oh my gosh, so many hours. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should like beat the game and oh yeah, let's start a couple new builds and then just <laughs> do the whole thing. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. So you, you are in the camp that you very, very much like Dark Souls 3. Well, I pretty much like any Souls game. I'm not terribly picky about the games. Like okay. 
I know that they change from version to version to version. And honestly, like Demon Souls is my favorite, Bloodborne is my second favorite, and then all the blood, all the Dark Souls games are like, you know, they're about the same for me. I mean, sure. granted, they're 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 different. Each of them is has their own merits and their own flaws. But I don't. I mean, I'm just like I'm just happy to be playing Dark Souls game. They're fun. I mean, the basic <laughs> mechanics that are in all of the games are really what appeal to me, and the other stuff is just frills. Everything around it is just yeah, just extra, right? Mm-hmm. So, did you start with Demon Souls? I'm assuming so. If it, that's your oh favorite. yeah, yeah, I started with Demon Souls. That was the I had no idea what I was getting into. None. I was just, I, I picked it up on a whim. I went to buy like Borderlands at the store with my so I could play that with my brother. And I should pick up Demon Souls. This is like probably like a month after it came out, so I wasn't even like playing it like when everyone else and i just picked it up on a whim and i was like okay let's try this out let's see and i picked the worst starting class you could pick because again i didn't have any idea what was going on i just thought okay it's an action rpg let's be a thief that sounds like fun maybe i can steal stuff or i can get good loot or whatever so i picked a thief and i just struggled so hard because um the thief starting class in Demon Souls is not very good, especially when you don't have any idea about any of the mechanics. It takes like five hits with your little knife to kill one of those hollows in just the very first area. It makes you and, feel like you're dramatically underpowered. Oh my gosh, it was so hard. And I was like, what is going on? What? I mean, I'd heard the game was supposed to be hard, but I didn't like know like what the deal was. And so I'm going through the first level, and the only thing that saved me is I figured I, I could buy a shield that had 100% block, so I wasn't taking any chip damage. And I noticed, if you remember in Demon's Souls, when something like a hollow would attack you, it would like bounce off your shield, mm-hmm. and you would get a little moment where you could do extra damage if you attacked right after that. So that's basically how I went through that whole first level, was just holding up my shield, letting it bounce off, and then stabbing it with the knife, then holding it with my shield, letting it bounce <laughs> up, stabbing with the knife. It took forever. And I finally got through it, got through the level and picked up the i think it was the scimitar mm-hmm. and all of a sudden i could kill them in like two hits and i was like holy cow oh, that's what i'm supposed so to be great. doing <laughs> i know i was like oh so it's like it's not supposed to be just like this slugfest of taking 10 minutes to kill one bad guy you know it was yeah. great it was great i picked up that little weapon and then it's like yeah i'm just picking up but so i went through i managed to get through the whole first level and I was like, oh, that's exciting. Then I kind of blew through the second level really quickly. And I was talking to the shops in the like the stockpile Thomas and the the little the little person who sells you miracles and the little person who sells you spells. And I'm doing all that, but I somehow managed to not talk to the blacksmith guy. Like I knew he could you could buy stuff from him, but I didn't realized there was blacksmith you could upgrade your levels i had no idea you could do that and so i went through like i think it was let's see i went through two one four one and two two all those levels with just like an unupgraded base level mace (laughs) and i was i was excited about the mace because i was like oh this does extra damage to the skeletons that's cool (laughs) and then i was struggling um, so I beat the flame lurker mostly because I was pretty good at backwards running and I had a little bit of magic and a big, and a big shield. 
Oh my at this God. point, you, you beat Flame Lurker with an unupgraded weapon at that point. Wow. Yeah, I was like, what the heck? And I was like, wow, that was difficult. This game is really hard. And then I get, I went to, I was trying to go through five um, one next, the Valley of Defilement, and mm-hmm. I was struggling so hard. I was dying so often, and I mean, I could not get through the level. Every time, I, the farthest I get, I think, was like that first troll, and then it would just smash me. And I was like, this level is so hard. I said, oh, I know. Let's try the co-op. So I summoned some random person. I don't even remember who. And I'm going through the level and they're just like cutting everything down, just like one hit, you know, and I'm like, good grief. What is going on? You know, so I, <laughs> I make a note of their ID and I send them a message over the over the network. And I'm like, hey, how are you doing so much damage? Like, what did I miss? And this this random person turns around and says, oh, here you go. And just drops a random, like totally upgraded to all the way to the max dragon longsword, just like a basic, you know, dragon longsword, the whole thing. So it's like all of a sudden I equip this longsword and I'm doing like 500 damage or whatever, you know, and killing everything in one hit. I was like, Whoa, <laughs> this is so cool. And so I'm sending this person message like, where did you find this weapon? How did you get it? Like, what's the deal? Cause I didn't understand anything about the mechanics of the game. Like I look at that, that, equipment screen with all of the weird little icons and the numbers next to it and it just made no sense to me i was like i don't know what i'm looking at and this person messages back and she's like oh i just you know made the the sword at the blacksmith i was like what blacksmith he's like you know the one in the the level and two one and i was like what are you talking about so after a couple more messages like this person explained to me what the the blacksmith was and then i was like oh so then i understood like what was going on and I went and found the thing and I could see that I could upgrade levels and make you know my equipment better and I was like holy cow this makes the game so much less hard and like in my brain I was like okay this is supposed to be hard I'm supposed to to like really challenge but I mean I was missing a whole point of the game and just making it much more ridiculously hard on myself oh no just because I didn't you know know about it and that's how I basically went through demon souls was I after I've after like um if i ever had a question i would just message whoever i was co-oping with and ask him about it like hey what's what are you using what's that do where did you get it stuff like that that's kind of the way i went through demon souls was just messaging random people i mean i knew i could go online and look stuff up but i didn't really want to until i'd been through the whole game Mm -hmm. and figured everything out that i could on my own and then after a while like i would ask people questions because i thought it was more interesting to kind of pass on that community knowledge that way sure, was just yeah. to talk to people that's such a insane story like you don't ever hear people learning about souls games that way anymore like seeing something that somebody is wearing and then sending them a message and being like where did you get that sword and then telling you something crazy like oh there's a whole blacksmith that you missed <laughs> <laughs> i was so desperate like i could not understand how this person was doing so much damage and i was like i need to be able to do that damage please tell me and then they just dropped a fully upgraded fire sword for me i mean how do you i don't think that's something you could really do in the later games because they kind of tend to limit Mm -hmm. your your inventory a little more that way it's like oh how are you doing so much damage well someone just goes and drops you a fully upgraded sword i mean that's very very generous of them and they were just like oh yeah here you go (laughs) playing santa claus and demon souls must have been pretty fun back in the day i you know the community and the co-op was so open and friendly. Like I never, the messaging 
I would just send people message and we'd chat and I'd make all these friends. I mean, it was so great. And I think that's something that's kind of been lost as the games have gotten bigger and more popular is there's a lot more people and not everyone's as friendly and not everyone, you know, is as willing to to help. And it's just like, I kind of missed that about Demon Souls because it was so just everyone was kind of like in the same boat and all ready to, to help each other. And that that's really cool. Whereas now it's, it's, it's sophisticated enough that you can go online and just kind of look up information on, on the, on wikis or like, you know, you can go to forums and places like that and ask questions and, and it's, it's nice that way, but I kind of miss just randoming message people and just making (laughs) demon souls friends. It was like, I had a whole list of people on my friends list. that were just like, Oh yeah, we play demon souls. You were demon souls mutuals, right? (laughs) Oh, I love that game. I spent so much time on that game. What um what kind of I, games were you playing leading up to that? Because Demon Souls is such a dramatic departure from just about any other game out there um, that was out there at the time. Like, what were you playing, and why did Demon Souls grab you so hard? Well, I think I know why. I know why Demon Souls grabbed me. Well, it was that exploration and its atmosphere, and the fact that I kind of just could do whatever I want with my character, and the game didn't hold your hand. I mean, you could go wherever you want, and you had to. And, there, and it presented you with the challenge of the level and the bosses, and you had to figure that out and be able to play through that. And I know that's why it grabs it, because that's the type of games that I like to play. And before that, I just kind of play whatever, just just what I was, just whatever games. I mean, I, I played usually, I'd play like RPGs and like action and, and, and shooters and stuff like that. Anything that, and anything that had a co-op element to it, like, of course, was my favorite games. Those were... Those were always my favorite ever since me and my brother played Secret of Mana a million times when we were kids. How far um, into the game did you get before realizing kind of the way that Demon Souls was telling its story to you? Did you, because that's, that's something that a lot of people missed on their first time through. I, I completely missed it until well into Dark Souls that, the, you know, there was a whole story there that I was missing. Did you pick up on that pretty quick or were you with your Demon Souls friends? Were they telling you things and like, oh yeah, if you read this thing, that t- tells you that thing. You know, I don't, I don't think I ever really got into the lore side of the games. I've, I've, I'm pretty much settled on the plot was, all right, you know, you show up in this foreign land, they've got a problem, find the demons, kill the demons. And I'm like, I'm happy with that. I'm like, all right, find the demons, kill the demons. And then, you know, there's, you meet some characters along the way. And, but most of the, the, I would say the narrative or the lore that I got out of it was just my own personal experiences with it. I never really bothered like going into reading the item descriptions and finding out all the little details about all these characters and these places and these things. I was mostly, all right, let's go find the demons. Let's kill the demons. Woohoo! <laughs> and, Are you like that with the rest of the souls games as well? Oh yeah. And I kind of like the fact about that, that they don't sit there and chat at me with stories for hours on end. And I don't have to go find all these NPCs and talk to them for hours on end. I love that about that. It's like, just let let me loose let me go kill the demons and i don't even really care why i'm killing the demons you know well if you're playing through the games multiple times and you're not like looking at those wikis and you don't really care about the story it must be pretty interesting when when, like finding people that pop up in strange places as you kind of go through quests differently right oh yeah i mean like with the npcs sometimes you like oh hey there's an npc here i didn't know there was an npc here you know what's the deal trying to figure it out but most of the time or at least in the later games like 2 and Bloodborne and 3, I've found that the NPC quest lines tend to be really, really opaque. Mm-hmm. And so if I want to go figure out what what they're doing and where they're going to appear every single time, 
then I do have to go look it up. It's like, okay, if I have to follow this quest line to the end and see what's going on or get this item, then I have to go figure out where to start because they don't really give you any way of just like finding things. You know, it's like, oh, this person's here. I mean, I think the only one in three, for example, that I managed to like even do without like knowing people knowing in advance was the Henri quest line because Henri was kind of there in your face mm-hmm. and you didn't have to go go here or go here or talk to this person in a special time or whatever like that and so did you end it up was pretty uh, nice. marrying her or did she get all the way to the end of the game no she went to the end of the game with nice. that character I ended up yeah, um, you know. having that shocking marriage experience in the middle of Dark Souls 3 and was messaging all of my Dark Souls buddies like, what the hell is going on? These people, these <laughs> yeah. people are telling me I'm going to get married in the Dark Moon Tomb in Orlando. What is going Is it Orlando in this game? Like, I hadn't even seen that part of it yet. Like, just I know. So, so when nice. I went through that part of the quest line, I didn't really know what I was getting into because I was still kind of like, I just started a new character and I was like, oh yeah, let's get the five free levels or whatever. And then somehow along the way it just so happened that i wound up i was already in an orlando i'd been in an orlando because that's where i got stuck playing for pvp for 150 hours and so i went to the tomb and i was like all right i think and then i saw the cutscene and i was like well this is weird i'm telling my friends i'm like i think i just married a corpse (laughs) like what the heck is wrong with these games (laughs) what a bizarre quest line that is that's so fun it's so weird such a weird one but what about the lead up from Demon Souls to Dark Souls One? I, I'm I'm guessing that you played Demon Souls like before Dark Souls One came out, and so you got to like kind of watch trailers and stuff. Like, are you excited about any pre-release footage like that? Let Let me see if I can remember. Um, I was very excited for Dark Souls to come out because you know Demon Souls, favorite game of all time, loved it, adored it, very excited for more. And I, you know, I was I was just like all right you know i'm sure i watched the trailers i don't remember like having any strong opinion about them either way i was just just excited for more dark souls and of course you know as soon as the game came out i went and bought it and started playing it because i was like yeah it's dark souls you know i'm telling like my brother and my sister and all of my friends who play games like all about it like you gotta play this game come play this game it's so much fun <laughs> souls makes um just a salesman out of us all right just constantly pushing people to play this dumb game that we love so much i know it's like come play it it's fun <laughs> and it is it's fun i mean it's not for everyone i understand that but it's definitely i mean i've enjoyed myself a lot with it and of course i like i like co-op games so i want to be able to enjoy it with the people that i enjoy playing games with and mm-hmm. so of course, I have to get them into it, which I've succeeded in getting several of them into the Dark Souls series. So, you know, I have we have my little our little groups that go around and play the games and co-op and all the all the fun stuff. Like <laughs> ever, back in Dark Souls One, do you remember like Dark Souls One? The matchmaking there was no like password matchmaking. Yeah, you and just so you had, had to be hope <laughs> be very specific on your soul levels and be like, all right, mm-hmm. we're in the same level. Yeah, we used to co-op with each other by we would go find um, areas that weren't active because we figured out that the signs had a much higher chance of appearing if you were the only ones in the area. So we're like running. So most of the signs, you know, are like at the boss door, at the bonfires, places like that. And so we're finding we're running through the levels and finding weird little corners where we can set our signs down where we're not getting where it's just us. And then we can see each other's signs a lot more easily. 
And that was that was how we co-opted Dark Souls 1 back in the day. It was a little bit more of a process than it is now. Oh, man. Like finding barrels and stuff and breaking them in the, and putting your sign underneath them in the hope that nobody would see them on, in their world because in their world, the barrels would still be there. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. what we always did. Like, we have to try to hide our summon signs and nobody else picks you up so we don't have to do this exactly. process. And then sit around and, like, wait for 10 minutes to, to for the summon sign to show up because there was no, like, uh-huh. real great matching at all. Man, that was so... It's it's amazing that it worked at all. Like it's just fascinating. I know it was like oh well, we eventually did find each other, but sometimes it would take a while in the more popular places. Like I remember, we wanted to go fight the wolf boss mm-hmm. together, you know, and so we had to go through the forest, which is like you know crazy active PvP invaders and all that covenant stuff going on. And so I think we ended up like halfway through the level, like sitting, like hiding behind some like rock tower where none of the none of the invaders could find us once they actually you know got into the game while we're so we're hiding in this corner waiting for summon signs to appear and then summoning each other (laughs) and i just remember thinking this is ridiculous like all this effort just to play with each other but it was so fun we loved playing with each other like i love co-op so much yeah, there is. Um, I wasn't joking when we started. I don't remember if I made this this made into the show or not. But um, like waking up in the morning and all I would do is get summoned for uh, Orange Scene and Smoke all day. Like that's that's. Uh-huh. I would just. I had like this crazy overpowered New Game Seven Thirty Crystal Soul Spears character that could wipe the floor with these guys. <laughs> that were it was you know like level eighty or ninety, so I could still get summoned for people. And uh, man, it was just so much fun just sitting there and just over and over and over because you could get summoned all the time back in the day like you just drop your sign and you'd immediately get pulled in the the so the place i did that at like in was demon souls the swamp like the swamp area that was my level that was the level where i was always co-oping i'd put my sign down and i'd run people through levels and beat the boss and all that stuff and I did that so much. My friends were like, wow, you are the swamp lady. You are the nicest person <laughs> ever because the swamp is like a miserable level. It's one of my, it's not no, no, like my least favorite, but it's, level. oh man, I don't, it's, it's it, like, are you talking about five, one or five, two? Five, two. So the actual swamp. Wow. That's, yeah, the you're swamp a very word. nice person. <laughs> and that's such a great level though. Like, I mean, that whole game, Demon Souls, you're going through the game and it's like this, this cramped, like claustrophobic you know very focused levels where all these things are in your path then you get to five two and it just opens up and i was you've got the freedom to explore left or right yeah you're getting poisoned constantly but big deal it was amazing i loved that level loved it it was my favorite wow what um like what were the differences between Dark Souls 1 and Demon Souls um, that made it not quite there for you? Because like, you seem like you're very much a mechanics person. So, Well, you know, it's funny because I agree that the Dark Souls 1 improved on the mechanics of Demon Souls. Like, I think through all the games, they've improved the, me- the mechanics from here, from, you know, from, one to de- from Demon Souls to 1, from 1 to 2, and from 2 to 3, and, and Bloodborne. I think that the mechanics are very, very solid in the they did improve them like with the Estus flask being and not using infinite items for healing and even using the spells, the spells and the fires and stuff like that. I do, I do think the mechanics in dark souls one are better, but demon souls just gripped me by like my soul with its atmosphere and it's, and it's exploration and everything like that. And I think that's why it's my favorite because you know, it was the first and there's never going to be any, any experience just like it. Mm hmm. So it grabs you and ran away with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I knew I loved that game when I was going through, let's see, where was I going through? Um, 
You know the the tunnels in the two one level with the exploding pill bugs. Yes, I'd I'd found that area. I like I'd gone through that whole level, beat the flame lurker way earlier, and then like hours later, I came back and discovered that area. And I was like, oh, I'm going through this area. And of course, it was really tense for me, like going through that area. I was like creeping through the tunnels because I didn't have a good way to kill those pill bugs. And so I was like looking around every corner like okay is there a pill bug there like how am i gonna fight this thing and i'm just creeping through these tunnels and all of a sudden like my phone rang just like right next to my head and i jumped out of my seat because i was so startled and like grabbed the phone and picked it up and just started cussing my sister out oh no (laughs) and she's like on the other side of the phone just like hello yes what is going on and i was just like i was just like so startled and i just like hung up and then i was like oh no Oh no, I love this game. Oh no. <laughs> it's amazing how much those games can just get like stress you out to a degree, especially if it's your first time through an area and you you mentioned this earlier like holding your shield up and just inching forward through a level not knowing what's ahead of you and just scared to death of it. Like that that souls feeling is like that first time through these souls areas is such a satisfying experience for me. Yeah, it's so great. Like I I figured that out um after Dark Souls 1, I was like, oh, you know what? It's really fun to kind of go through the level and just figure out what's there and get killed a million times and find all the treasures. And so I, after Dark Souls 1, I made it a point to do Dark Souls 2 and Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3, make sure I'm doing the levels you know, by myself first, getting a lay of land and enjoying that feeling again, and then coming back later and just co-oping the heck out of the place. So tell me about your experience with Dark Souls 2. Were you, again, were you excited for the lead up? Like, were you watching trailers or did you just be like, oh yeah, there's a Dark Souls 2 coming. I'm just going to play it. Like, I don't have to see anything about it. Dark Souls 2, of course, I was like, yeah, new Dark Souls. So excited. You know, me and my friends. At this point, we're so much into the game because um, with Dark Souls 1, you know, that's when I got like my sister and my friends into the game. And I was like, yes, now I've got, you know, dedicated co-op buddies. You know, we can, we can pull stuff up i mean we did we did crazy stuff like we'd set up like invader traps in the undead parish we called them um we called them baby pyromancers because we we got like giant pyromancer spells upgraded equipment all the good armor on like level five characters (laughs) and then we we set them up in the undead parish and just waited for twinks to come through and then just would destroy the heck out of them and it like so that's the crowd i'm running around with. we're just doing fun stuff like that in dark souls one and dark souls two comes out and we're like let's have a holiday let's have dark souls day so we all take like work off when so when the game comes out we can and then we all get together in the same house and we have like all these different tvs and all our boxes and we're all playing the game at the same time for hours like just the whole day it it was a lot of fun and i really enjoyed it and the the thing about dark souls 2 for me was they switched like the the ladder buttons so like instead of pushing like circle to slide if you push circle you would like jump off jump the off. ladder <laughs> yeah i remember I that i died <laughs> on ladders for probably 6 hours straight like every ladder i'd come across i'd die on it like four times in a row and my friends are like two hours ahead of me in the game so i'm looking at their screens and i'm seeing all this cool stuff and i just keep dying to the same ladders over and over and over again and i'm just like oh my god i am an idiot <laughs> <laughs> It's weird how just like a very subtle control change can can really mess you up. I've I'm, I've been bouncing from um, Zelda into some Dark Souls three and into some uh, near Automata, and the control mm-hmm. schemes are different enough across all three of those games that I basically can't play video games anymore. Like I'm just incapable. Like I pick up the controller, <laughs> I'm like, like I have oh, no, no idea. <laughs> it takes you like half an hour to get back into the control scheme of things. That happens to me every time I 
go between games too. But it was really bad with Dark Souls too because everything else was pretty much the same except for that dang ladder button. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the mechanical differences in Dark Souls too? Like the the weapon animations are a little bit different, and like you had some additional controls, and then you know being required to level up um, an agility stat to get your invul- invulnerability frames and like that. Did you were you into those system changes? Um, the thing about Dark Souls too is I found it a little overwhelming at first because there was like two or three new stats in the, in the screen and like a hundred new items. And I was just like, there's way too much stuff. And I, so I, I played through the game and I had my little toolbox character and I was having a great time and I made it all the way to like the last boss or something like that without beating the last boss. And life kind of intervened and I ended up not playing a whole lot of Dark Souls 2. So of all the Dark Souls games, I spend the least amount of time with that one. Okay. Because a couple like a couple months after it came out, like maybe a month or two, I I just stopped playing it and I didn't have t- time to play any games for probably like what when did it come out? Was it 2013? That sounds right. Yeah, cuz Bloodborne was 2014. And Was Bloodborne really 2014? I thought so, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so what happened was is I didn't play like Dark Souls or any games until late 2015. Oh, no. It was definitely 2015. I'm sorry. I'm just totally wrong. Dark Souls 2 came out in 2014. Okay. So, yeah. So, for like a full year and a half or two years, I barely touched video games. And then with Blood, it was like, <clears throat> let's see, late 2000. 2000, yeah, so late 2015, you know, Bloodborne's been out for a couple months. I don't have it. I didn't. I didn't have a PS4, and I finally said, "Okay, let's get her. Let's go play the DLC." And because I never got around to that, and I said, "I I should go finish the game. I should go, you know, get the platinum, do the DLC, do all the fun stuff." And so I picked up Dark Souls 2 again after you know life had calmed down, and I managed to go through the DLC. And of course, I I enjoyed it. I had a great time. And I was playing Dark Souls 2 right up until January 2016 when I finally was able to get a PS4 and I picked up Bloodborne. And then, of course, I was all into Bloodborne. So of all the games, I didn't spend a whole lot of time with 2 and I'm not as familiar with the mechanics and the feel as it Mm because I didn't get a chance to really try out different builds or anything like that. I had the one character that I did. I beat the game. I did the Platinum. I did the DLC and had a great time, you know, co-op and all the all the regular fun stuff, but I just didn't spend as much time with it as the other games. From your, um, starting from Demon Souls, do you have like your go-to build when you get a new Souls games nowadays? Like, is it, are you sword and board? Are you giant mm. fuck off weapon? Like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> well, for the first, what, three games and actually Bloodborne 2, I was, I get really excited when I find new stuff in the game. It's like, oh, I want to try that. Oh, I want to try that. Let's try that. Let's try this. And so I wind up with these toolbox characters that can kind of do a little bit of everything. So it's like, okay, they can do a little bit of magic, but they're not great of it. They can try out the fun new spells or they can, you know, try all these different weapons and they just, so I wind up with stats everywhere and all sorts of weird things, but I'm never like, I make sure not to overlevel because I want to co-op, right? So that's generally my first character. I think the only game that broke with that was Dark Souls 3. And that was only because I got so sidetracked by PVP that I ended up like the one character got to like level 50 or something like that and never progressed. I mean, that my first character 
never really ended up with a build at all and couldn't even do all the things because I was just like, let's go do PvP and have all this fun. <coughs> and then, and then I started, you know, new characters in Dark Souls Three with specific builds in mind, like strength build or magic build or miracle build or pyromancer build, you know, stuff like that. Whereas before in the other games, they were mostly toolbox characters that were that could do a little bit of everything, just so I had options. And then occasionally I would build a specific build, like on Demon Souls and Dark Souls, I, I had specific builds of mostly just weapons I wanted to use. It's like, okay, I want to use this weapon. Let's make it as strong as possible so I can have fun. Nice. What about the uh, difference in, from jumping between Souls and then Bloodborne? Because, you know, Bloodborne plays dramatically different from any of it, any of its predecessors, just being much yeah, more of an action game than anything. And I literally went from playing Dark Souls 2 to playing Bloodborne. It was like one day I was playing Dark Souls 2, the next day I'm playing Bloodborne. So there wasn't any gap. I didn't play any other games in between. And it was it was a little bit different, but I also found Bloodborne to be quite a bit easier. Because like the first time I played Bloodborne, I didn't have a um what is it on the PS4 the the PlayStation Plus that lets you co-op with other people. Mm-hmm. So I I went through like the first five hours or so of the game. You know I got to the screaming deer demon boss, and I hadn't I hadn't done any co-op at all. And I found the game overall to be quite a bit easier than the Souls games. I don't know if it's just it was a style that I'm. I'm just more inclined to naturally or, or if it, if the game itself is just easier, I don't, I don't know what it is, but the, the, the thing about Bloodborne is that it's such a fun game to play. I mean, it's very fast, very fluid, and you've got all these crazy weapons. And so even though it has that souls, that, that, that souls, uh, you know, um, center with all the same kind of layout of maps and characters and stuff like that, where, everything is just kind of a souls game it's still played differently enough but oh boy i had a fun time with that game it was so it's probably my second favorite game next to demon souls just because it was so different but it was still so fun and so fluid and so uh i can't even think of the right word <laughs> there's just like that je ne sais quoi of like this is a fun game to play what did you think about the um, kind of the atmospheric differences? Like all of a sudden the enemies you're facing kind of go from undead zombies and things like that to, you know, these crazy weird creatures. And then the, the dramatic left turn it takes in the middle after defeating Rom. Like, did, were you? Yeah. Did you know it was about like, that going all in? right. So it's like, you know, like vampires, werewolves, cool, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, the thing about Bloodborne's, um, Bloodborne's like aesthetic with its, with its crazy zombie monsters and stuff like that. It's, it's like, it feels really silly to me. Like, granted, I thought the Dark Souls series was pretty silly, and and the Bloodborne is just pretty silly too. Like, as as far as I could tell, you know, the first time I'm going through the game, I'm like, all right, so I'm mad at werewolves, and then we're gonna go kill something, and then all of a sudden, I think I'm chasing down the moon. Like, I think I'm gonna go fight the moon. <laughs> like, the whole last part of the game was me getting really excited to go fight the moon, and then. I never fought the actual moon. I fought the moon presence. That was a big letdown for me. Sad. I wanted to fight the actual moon. I mean, that was the kind of just wild craziness that Bloodborne was throwing at you. <laughs> I wanted to and fight I was, the. I wanted to fight the actual moon. Is a great did. line. <laughs> I was excited for that, and it was like I was a little bit disappointed that you couldn't fight the actual moon. But you know, the the game itself with its jump scares and its kind of like Halloween funhouse theme to it was just a little little bit silly but i didn't care i totally enjoyed that about it like it's like yeah i'm gonna go fight this crazy like werewolf demon thing let's let's go fight it with this giant pizza cutter thing 
It's great. Oh man, the pizza cutter is maybe my favorite weapon across all of the Souls games ever. <laughs> oh, I know. It's so great. Like I didn't even have like a strength character. I think I wound up with like a quality build because again, toolboxes. And I picked up the pizza cutter and I was like, well, I'm using this now just because it was so awesome. Like I really loved the trick weapons. All of them had a great style to them. Just like you had your, uh, your basic weapon. You could change them into something else. That was also really cool. I think my, I love those little, the little, the daggers. They were so just the aesthetics of that game were top notch. I loved it. Yeah. He's, I mean, it's just, like there's been a lot of love on for Bloodborne on this podcast over the last you know 70 or 80 episodes and um it's just totally deserving like the everything about that game just feels so tightly controlled like the complaints mm-hmm. about it are definitely there like there's not really like there's not a really re- good reason to go get loot as there are in the like the previous games which is kind of a bummer but to me like it doesn't matter because you find like your three or four trick weapons that you love and you upgrade those as much as possible and you use them all the time and those yeah. weapons give you such a variety of a move set that it feels like you have 10 or 15 weapons at your disposal and not just three right and you can use those weapons in a variety of way i mean you're not just you're not just like stuck to one playstyle when you get to one weapon cuz it's got it it does a little bit more and then you can always mix it up with changing weapons or using your offhand weapons. And, and the nice thing is that one of the things that really impressed with Bloodborne is I opened up the stat screen, you know, the equipment screen and there's like six stats, something like that. There's like what the HP, the green bar, then strength, dexterity, uh, arcane and blood tinge. And, um, is that it? I think that's it. And I yeah, remember there's no after, weird luck or resistance or, you know, trap stat at all. So Yeah. And I remember opening that up and thinking, oh, that's awesome. They've totally streamlined the the status screen. Because, you know, when I opened up the Dark Souls 2 screen and there was all these extra stats and I didn't know what any of them did, it was a bit much for me. And so I really appreciated when they they pared down the stats and the and the and just even like the mechanics and just, I thought they were, because it was so focused and there wasn't all of these different branchings, they were able to focus a lot more on how everything felt and how everything played and made it that much more fun. It really, like it really, it made me want more. It made me want them to even strip down even more. Right. Like I, I've yeah. often run into my, like had this thought experiment going since I've been playing Bloodborne a lot of, um, do we even need stats in Bloodborne? Like, is there any reason that you couldn't drop your all of those stats, upgrade like an action game, and then just put whatever, hey, now I have an arcane gem, so now this weapon is arcane damage, or now it's blood tinge, or, or what have you. And there's oh yeah, there's some back they and could, forth in my mind on that, but I think they could totally do it. <clears throat> I know, they could even simplify it further, and it would still be really great, because the stuff that makes Bloodborne great isn't necessarily the, the blood gems adding damage or stuff like that. Like, if they got rid of the blood gems altogether... Like that would have been great, and even if they got rid of the up the upgrade elements, not upgrade, mm-hmm. um, level up elements, like you know where you level up your stats and pick where you want to go. On the one hand, you'd be missing out on the being able to choose your build variety outside of equipment, because I I know some people really enjoy. Okay, I want to do this or I want to do that, and make sure my stats are just perfect. And some people, but they could really go away from that, and and still the game would have been fantastic because it played so well that they didn't even really need stats and experience and levels and stuff like that. Like that was, that's very, a very amazing thing about Bloodborne is just how fluid it was that way. I have to ask every guest this. So I'm kind of curious where you fall on chalices. Are you a yay or an a person on chalices? 
if they had chalice dungeons in the original Dark Souls or, you know, Demon Souls, I never would have stopped playing. <laughs> I I mean, in my mind, yeah, they're not the nice, perfect levels where they've got everything thought out and on a great design sense and you can go explore and all that stuff. But on the other hand, it's new levels, new areas to explore. They look the same, but it's new. I mean, it's 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 different. It's not the same thing over and over again, which is the only sad thing about Dark Souls is like, there's only like, you know, 12 or 13 maps or whatever, and that's all you get ever. And so the nice thing about Chalice Dungeons was they're new maps. They're new places. I mean, they're unexpected new things for the things. And that the only thing I didn't like about the Chalice Dungeons was that they were the only places you could get those gems to level up. Like, I didn't really care for the gem system very much like that. I felt like that was totally unnecessary and unneeded, but unless you wanted to do high-level PvP, which I did want to do... So, of course, I had to go farm for whatever. <laughs> yeah, yet for the and plus like, 30% cold exactly, damp, whatever. or whatever yeah. they were. And, and I was like, man. But when I just when I just do the random chalice dungeons, like with my co-op buddies, and we just go through random stuff, I thought, this is so great. Can you imagine if they had this in Dark Souls? I would never stop playing. I think Dark Souls is a much better suited game for chalice dungeons than Bloodborne ever was. Like having, just because uh Dark Souls by default just has more like consumables and more mm-hmm. weapon variety and more of a need for upgrade materials and things like that. Like Dark Souls, like Chalices and Dark Souls Three probably would have been the best thing ever. Like I would, I would probably oh. be still playing that game right now if they had Chalices in it. Yeah, because it's like that would be great. But at the same time, <laughs> I understand that they're not the the best. Um, the randomly generated is not like the best format for new levels obviously the best format is new thought out stuff like they do in dlc but you know at least it's new at least it's new and it's in- a lot of time it's interesting and even when it's not interesting they're dumb and fun you know yeah. find- finding a ladder that goes up to a platform that does absolutely nothing like it's it it's a little bit um like i guess dissatisfying oh, okay. but it's also well, kind of fun funny. like yeah hey, hey that's sure why not this ladder goes nowhere who cares <laughs> or when you run into some like random super high level enemy and then there's another one right nearby and you die like five times to them and then you kill them and then it's like hey you picked up a cold blood Woohoo! <laughs> i did all that for what yeah that's some of it and especially before they tweaked the rewards on the bosses um because it used to be where you wouldn't if you co-opt a boss like you would just basically got echoes like you would or and some insight mm-hmm. maybe getting um nowadays where they have you know the possibility of dropping chunks and blood rocks and things like that for you is much much more fun to go in a co-op yeah because it was like well i if i want to go get more blood rocks which i think you could only get like two or three of them in the actual bloodborne game um, there's Something only, like that. It there's was, only one in the main game and there was maybe one or two in the DLC, but when they added the DLC shortly afterwards, you could buy the blood rocks for like 60 inside or something. So, Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I Which was trying to, cause nuts. I went straight in because I got Bloodborne for late. I basically went straight into the DLC and that basically the, D- and I can't remember anything before the DLC because I never played it before the DLC. So I was yeah. like, Oh Yeah. There's three in there because there's a couple in the DLC or something like that. Man, that DLC, huh? Oh, it was fun. I spent a lot of time in that DLC. You know the the, the co-op covenant. Um, the whatever, league. what was it called? Something. Yeah, the, you the, pick it up in the forest. Yeah, yeah. The something. It's not the gentleman's league. It's the league of something. But it's the league. Yeah, you have like the yeah. The the deal with that covenant is it gives you that leaderboard, and then you however many like items you win from co-oping levels then you move up the leaderboard i'm like 
what, six, seven, eight months late. I, I don't know exactly the timing, but it's post DLC. So I get into this league covenant in the DLC and I'm like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the best co-op and I, So I made a goal to get into like the top 500 of the co-op league thing just from playing Bloodborne. Wow. And so it's like, everyone's already up there. And I, I spent tons of time, like my two favorite places to co-op were the forest. Cause I love that level. And the, this it's like what is that place called it's where you fight the the multiple blue um boss thing where they shoot oh, uh, meteors upper, at you upper, oh the living failures so you're talking about the the research hall yeah so it's like mm-hmm. yeah research hall that's what it is it's got all those stairs and ladders i love that level and so that's where i co where i co-opted and then i just sat there sat around and rang my bell and got summoned into people's worlds and let them around to treasures and <laughs> fight off the bosses and and did that so much that I made it to the top 500. You were probably the nicest person I've ever interviewed for this podcast. Like most of the, most of the people I interview were like, yeah, like I like to play the souls games or some of them are like, Oh yeah, I like to go in and kill everybody and do, you know, do as much PVP as possible. And you're just so nice. You're like, mm-hmm. Oh, I like to getting summoned and leading them around and letting them find treasure and all that stuff. It's so nice. It's such a good departure. Uh, I'm surprised. Cause that's been like my experience. Like, you know, you summon people and people generally want to go in and show you where stuff has been or you know take you around and protect you i love i love that part of co-op like just getting in there but don't mistake me i am also very into the pvp and running in and killing all (laughs) the host and all his phantoms and stuff like that i do i do both sides i'm i'm basically just like i'm gonna enjoy all of it but the co-op that's what i love doing probably the most over all the games i didn't really get into the invading because i thought it was like mean for Mm -hmm. the longest time i was like that's mean why would i want to go in and and beat someone up and so i didn't really get into the invading aspect until later in the series but the pvp you know it's that's been a constant throughout because if you're going to be a phantom and you want to actually get your host to the end and and defeat the boss you've got to be able to fight off the invaders and so you have to be good at the pvp have you ever uh have you ever gotten any hate mail um not really no hmm. I mean, Just curious. I know it's it's like I can think very occasionally there might have been one or two on Dark Souls one or Dark Souls two or and I think there was like two maybe tops on Dark Souls three. But I never I never get hate mail. I think people just recognize that I'm really good and I'm better than them. And so they don't need to send me hate mail. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I like that a lot. They just recognize that I'm better than them, so they don't even bother. That's that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's jump into Dark Souls three real quick. Uh, like I know from this conversation that you're much more of a mechanics person. Was it weird getting into Dark Souls three and seeing Firelink Shrine and then seeing your old buddy Andre just immediately? Like, had you been spoiled on any of those things? Um, no, I hadn't. I was I was going in blind, and again, I'm also with like my three or four best dark souls buddy were all in the same room with four different tvs and they're an hour ahead of me because i had i'd been playing bloodborne for so long that i forgot i could use a shield to block like <laughs> i i started with a assassin class or something like that i had a shield and like a, a little crappy shield but I, I totally forgot i could block with it and so i had a really hard time with with uh udex gunder i totally they're like my friends and stuff, they're like chucking fireballs and someone's got a knight and they're just cutting through. I was like, oh yeah, that was easy. And I'm like, 
why am I dying like 15 times? It took me an hour to get through Udix Gunder because I forgot that I could block with my shield. <laughs> Bloodborne had trained and all like, that out oh, of me. And as soon as I know, and as soon as I remembered I could hold L1 to hold my shield up and not take so much damage from a hit, then I beat him in like two seconds because I'd gotten the parrying down and all that stuff. And I was just like, Okay, I'm an idiot. Why did I forget that I could block with a shield? <laughs> <laughs> and then I the one thing I was a little bit um we got into Firelink and there was Andre and whatever and I was like, "All right, cool. You know, let's go to the first level and let's play through that because again, I don't really spend a whole lot of time talking to NPCs or anything like that." And you know, we were we were basically trying to play co-op with all my buddies and having a good time because we're big fans of the password system because that made your life so much easier and then of course you know we're getting invading and we're fighting off invaders and we're getting to the boss and we just we had a grand old time that first day you know i think we i think it took we we got to like the avocado demon for it's like all right time to go home and get back to our lives and stuff like that but it was fun and then at that point, that's when I started getting really into the PvP scene of things was just after that first day. And then it's all of a sudden I'm like, okay, let's do this PvP thing. Let's have a little fun. And because the next, I think the next level after that is the, the watchdog area. Mm-hmm. And and so we got really, I mean, we, me and my, my sister, we spent entire evenings, like we just load up in the watchdog covenant, you know, get our host and she'd be like, she'd be the host, I'd be the phantom or something like that. And, and we just summon... And then we'd get invaded and then we'd just fight, you know, two on two invaders all the time. And I was like, this is so great. I was like, man, Dark Souls really needs like this is it's a lot of fun when it's, you know, two on two teams or three on three teams or just random stuff like that. So I was really excited when the arena came out because then we could go in there and just play random three on three teams, which I think is probably more fun because than any other form of PvP is just, you know, when you've got a whole bunch of people all fighting together that's that's why i love the aldrich area so much that's why i got stuck there because it was like constant like you know two on two three on three three on two two on three stuff like that just Mm -hmm. totally random and it's like all right should i be a phantom this time or should i be an aldrich (laughs) and it was just immediate summons evasions just total chaos all the time i loved every second of it and yes i ran into my fair share of gank swads but you know what that's okay i'll just kill them too <laughs> no no worries there whatsoever right mm-hmm. <laughs> how many times have you gone through dark souls 3 now you mentioned that you had one character going through new game seven um oh my you, gosh yeah like is that, that obviously that's seven times but how many characters do you have um well i've got the max and i've cannibalized a couple to create new ones because some of them just weren't working out and i've got you know two or three more bouncing around in my head that I want to try. And so I have no idea how many times I've actually been through the full game. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's at least 10, but most That's, of those characters only go through the base game just to pick up stuff. And then they've, I've got the one or two characters that are going through the higher new game plus levels. Did you pick up the DLCs? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We picked those up. What last month? Mm-hmm. Those were, those were great. I, I, I'm I'm really enjoying the DLC. It's it's a great place to invade. And I really like that they fixed the blue covenant a little bit so that you get summoned a lot more for it. Yeah, because that was a that's really like good my I, mm-hmm. that was my ideal covenant. It was like, oh, I get to go in and do, you know, 
PVP and fight invaders on the, and save the host like that, that was a really appealing covenant to me, but it didn't work for so long. Like I never got summoned. And so it was really nice to see that actually kind of like working. Yeah, it's not the fastest covenant. It's not like Aldrich Faithful where you put that on and then two seconds later you're getting summoned. But it's it's enough that it keeps me entertained. And so I like last Saturday I had like four or five hours and I was playing Dark Souls and I was alternating being summoned by the blues and invading. So I was basically helping the host. And then two minutes later, I'm turning around and killing the host. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that, that, uh, the purple covenant for that, for that kind of stuff is just so much fun, right? Like that, when that, when I found that on my second playthrough, I just had a delightful time just getting summoned and then just messing with people so much. It was, it was, a Oh yeah. That's such a great covenant. The only problem is, is like, nobody ever picks me up when I'm a purple these days, which I understand they don't want to take that risk. Yeah, but the idea of it is just such a great idea, and it was really, it was really, <laughs> really quite funny just to like do stuff like trail monsters back to the host, and then they just get killed by like all these monsters like just came out of nowhere. So funny. Well, um, as somebody who's a, a big fan of uh, just these games from a mechanical standpoint, where do, where do you want to see? this developer go next with these games like and right now they've pretty much said like we're done with anything called dark souls and they've got a couple of unannounced projects uh, one of which we, we think is definitely an armored core game but uh wh- what kind of stuff do you want to see them them do next you want more, just more of of the same kind of system as in combat um i think i would of course i would love to have more because another dark souls game or another bloodboard game or whatever you know just a game in that style Obviously, I enjoy it very, very, very much, and I would happily, you know, play more games. But at the same time, also very into new experiences. Like I think that's why Demon Souls was my favorite, and Bloodborne was my second favorite because they were new and the most different. And so, whatever comes out, I hope there's, you know, good co-op, and I hope there's, um, I hope there's, you know, good level design and good exploration, and then whatever kind of mechanics they come up with, I'm. I don't know. They they could surprise me. They could be anything. I mean, that's the nice thing about video games is you're not limited to just one play style or think style through all the games. You can change it up and do something new, and hopefully that'll work out for them. Like, hopefully people will like it. But I think they, FromSoft as a company, generally has a pretty good idea of what's fun and what's not. And so whatever they do next, as long as it's fun... I'm down. You're, I'll play. Let's do it. <laughs> You're 100 percent down. Well, Kara, oh, yeah. th- thank you very much for spending the time with me. I know this is a little bit of an early morning for you, but thank you very much for spending the time with me and talking about some Dark Souls and some Bloodborne today. I very oh, much appreciate I, it. Thank. You're welcome. I will always talk about Dark Souls, and <laughs> I mean, my mom is probably like the most long-suffering person on the planet because I, you know, she tell her all these things like i always talk about dark souls and she's always like okay kara that's nice kara it's lovely kara (laughs) (laughs) and so i'm just excited to talk about something that i love so much you know with people who love it like i've got my friends i've got my demon souls friends i've got whatever new friends i make in in dark souls 3 and i just enjoy dark souls and i enjoy it when other people enjoy it too well excellent again thank you very much for um Yes, and I very much appreciate it. Where can people find you on the internet if they choose to do so? Um, you can find me on Twitter. Um, let's see, what's my handle? It's C A R A B B I T L E E. 
and that's probably my preferred platform for con for uh, contact or they can find me on PSN at C-A-R-A-B-B-I-T, capital C, and that's my PSN ID, and yeah, come send me a message, like, we can co-op, we can PvP, you know, have a good time, it's great. Well, that sounds like a delightful time. Uh, you, you've actually kind of inspired me to want to go play some Dark Souls, <laughs> I wish I had time <laughs> yeah. this morning. <laughs> Thank you again for guesting, yeah. I very much appreciate well, it. Yeah, thanks for having me, it's been great. As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast and all of its social media links at don'tgiveupskeleton.com, specifically the Instagram account where I post 60-second previews of that week's episode. So if you have a short attention span like myself, you can go and get a quick idea of what a podcast is like. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I mentioned it at the top of the show, but if you can leave me an iTunes review, it very much helps get the word out on the show and get some more listeners in, which we always want. Um, And that's really about it for this week. We'll see you next week. Remember, don't give up, skeleton. (laughs) That always gets people when I say it at the end. That's cute. (laughs)